Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 308 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, I want us to talk about the debt ceiling. And I know this is probably something that you've either heard about in passing recently or you've heard on the news or something else uh, where this is a really big deal, right? It's something that is coming down the line where uh, we are about to meet our debt ceiling in the United States. And if you don't know what that means, then that's okay. Uh, Stick around in this episode and I will tell you what that means. Uh, And then ultimately what I want you to know is what the... um, outcomes of this could be? What what are the consequences of us uh, exceeding our debt ceiling or reaching our debt ceiling? Um, and I want you to know what could happen and how this may impact you, your investing, your personal finances, and whatever else, right? Uh, so stick around for a discussion of all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions, and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day basis. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, with Congress right now, right? Uh, Everybody's got their eyes set on the infrastructure bill and the reconciliation deal and all the spending that can be done and all those things, right? And something that almost gets swept under the rug a bit uh, even though it is you know, becoming more and more relevant as the days move on, uh, is the debt ceiling or the debt limit uh, in the United States and the fact that we are getting closer and closer to that debt limit. And you may say, well, just raise the limit. Well, that's the problem. They actually have to raise the limit. Congress does. They actually have to vote to raise the debt limit, vote to raise uh, the limit on the amount of debt that the United States has. So I just want to start with talking about you know exactly what this limit is, why it's important, uh, and then ultimately, uh, you know, what does this mean? What can this cause if we actually reach this? When we could reach this, and things of the like. So. This is what the U.S. Treasury Department says, and uh, I would like you to keep in mind that some of the statements that they make here um, are, I mean, I'm not saying they're wrong. They they are probably correct, uh, but uh, they may be a little bit hyperbolic because uh, they rely on the fact that this debt ceiling does uh, get increased. And, you know, even the the idea that this may not be increased, they, they want to persuade people that it should in any way possible. So nonetheless, uh, we'll get into what it is here. The U.S. Treasury Department says that the debt limit, um, it is the total amount of money that the United States government is authorized to borrow to meet its existing legal obligations, including Social Security and Medicare benefits, uh, military salaries, interest on the national debt, tax refunds, and other payments. So uh, we're taking out debt to do all of these things, right? We're taking out debt to pay for Social Security, pay for Medicare, uh, to pay for the military, to pay interest on our existing debt. Now, just think about as an individual. I, I know, you know we haven't gotten too far into this yet, but just think about as an individual, if you took out debt to pay interest on the debt that you already had, right? That seems like a, a vicious cycle, 
and the United States is undoubtedly in that vicious cycle. Then tax refunds, right? Tax refunds, shouldn't that be money that was already paid to you? But that, that just tells you that the money that you pay to the federal government is already spent, right? It's already gone, right? So having to take out debt in order to give you tax refunds and then other payments like uh, the, um, the child tax credit that uh, was increased this year, right? So that may be another type of payment that uh, we're talking about or, uh, you know, when the stimulus payments went out, all those different types of things, right? That's reliant on this uh, debt ceiling or debt limit. Now, the limit does not authorize new spending commitments. I think that's important. It's important to note that just because there is a higher debt limit, a higher debt ceiling does not mean uh, that Congress can just go spend money. It means that if they pass bills that will allow them to spend more money, uh, then they already have the preauthorization to take out debt to do it. Now, what it does is it simply allows the government to finance existing legal obligations that Congresses and presidents of both parties have made in the past. Now, failing to increase the debt limit would have catastrophic economic consequences, says the Treasury Department, right? It, they say it would cause the government to default on its legal obligations, an unprecedented event in American history that would precipitate other financial crises and uh, threaten the jobs and savings of everyday Americans, putting the United States right back in a deep economic hole, just as the country is recovering from the recent recession. So you see that this definition that they're using uh, is very recently uh, recreated because uh, they're talking about the most recent recession. This isn't just something that's boilerplate, right? Congress has always acted when called upon to raise the debt limit. Since 1960, Congress has acted 78 separate times to permanently raise, uh, temporarily extend, or revise the definition of the debt limit, 49 times under Republican presidents and 29 times under Democratic presidents. Uh, congressional leaders in both parties have recognized that this is necessary. Now, if you are going to maintain uh, this uh, you know, history of just going back into debt uh, consistently and using debt to pay for what you need, then of course you're going to have to increase uh, the debt ceiling as time goes on because things get more expensive. Right. Uh, debt is a is a fixed idea. Your debt uh, payments are a fixed idea. And especially if you have longer maturity debt, meaning uh, that you're paying off this debt over a long period of time. Right. Uh, the amount of debt outstanding is going to catch up to the amount of debt you can take out very, very quickly. Right. So therefore, you need to extend that every now and then. And uh, that's what the debt ceiling really comes to. It's the maximum amount of debt that we can ultimately take out. Now, why does this become important to us? Right. That's what it is. Uh, why is it important to us? What's this looking like today uh, in the United States? So lawmakers have less than three weeks to raise the debt limit or risk a first ever default, right? And so default just means we can't pay our bills. Default means uh, that we can't pay for our debts, which uh, has never happened before. Now, that would trigger a broad market sell-off and put a stranglehold on everything from government payments uh, to the ability to borrow. And this is very true because a lot of the borrowing in the United States relies on uh, the backing of the Fed, relies on the backing of the Treasury Department, making sure uh, that all borrowing can be done uh, in a very um, you know, quick way, in a very you know, frictionless way. Um, but if the United States has defaulted, uh, on their debt, then, uh, you know, who's to say that anybody else will actually be able to take out debt? Uh, specifically, who's to say anybody will be able to, uh, you know, sell their debt to the U.S.? Because currently, what's the Fed doing? Buying back all these bonds, buying back all of this debt. Uh, will that be possible if we don't have the money to do that, right? 
Who knows? Now, I, I would suggest that probably so. They'll just pump new money in. But, um, you know, we move forward here. That's uh, another topic for another day. Now, Janet Yellen, who used to be the Fed chair and is now the Treasury Secretary, which, uh, you know, that can be a, a conflict of interest in and of itself. But nonetheless, right, uh, she says that it is imperative that Congress swiftly addresses the debt limit. Okay, failing to act could spark an economic catastrophe, she said. Nearly 50 million seniors would stop receiving Social Security checks for a time. Uh, troops could go unpaid. Millions of families who rely on the monthly child tax credit payments could see delays. In a matter of days, millions of Americans would be strapped or could be strapped for cash. Okay, Now, you may say to yourself, how, how in just a matter of days... Uh, can this happen? This seems like something that uh, it would take a lot longer than just a matter of days uh, for this to materialize, for this to become something. But uh, you see how fragile our financial system is. You see how fragile everything is, how reliant we are on debt. Okay, The federal debt is the amount of money the government currently owes for its spending on payments such as Social Security, Medicare, military salaries, and tax refunds. I told you about that. The debt limit allows the government to finance those existing obligations. Raising the debt ceiling doesn't authorize additional spending of taxpayer dollars. Instead, when we raise the debt ceiling, we effectively agree to raise the country's credit card balance. That's what Yellen said. Right now, again, I want you to just just think logically for a second. Don't think about uh, what we do and what's normal, but just think logically. Think about uh, if you were somebody who had maxed out your credit cards. Okay, you've maxed out your credit cards, and now you're sitting there going, "Okay, uh, I won't be able to pay these credit card bills." Right? Therefore, I'm going to need more uh, of a credit limit. I'm going to need a higher credit limit. Right? What? credit card company is going to say, here, here's a higher limit once you've already maxed out the credit card. Again, um, it just kind of shows that we do live in such a fragile system where we're just adding to the debt, adding to the debt, adding to the debt uh, without actually going through the process of getting it paid off in any reasonable amount of time. Okay. Now, in the worst case scenario, the federal government would default, again, miss their payments at least temporarily, on some of its obligations, including those Social Security payments, veterans' benefits, and salaries for federal workers. Social Security, which was created in 1935, has never missed a benefit payment. However, checks could be delayed for weeks or even longer if Congress fails to raise or suspend the debt limit. The National Committee to uh, Preserve Social Security and Medicare, uh, that's what they recently warned. Now, Social Security is self-funded, yet the program is drawing down from its trust funds, which include Treasury bonds to pay benefits. Okay, and of course, treasury bonds are uh, are the U.S.'s debt, right? That, that's the debt that we sell to other countries. Okay, now potential downgrades uh, of U.S. credit ratings would hammer treasuries. Uh, demand for U.S. treasury bonds could sink if they're no longer considered a reliable safe haven investment, and bondholders would demand dramatically higher interest rates to compensate for the increased risk, right? And this is where a lot of big risk comes in in this particular situation, because uh, if treasuries no longer uh, offer what they are currently offering, right, if they're no longer uh, as safe as they currently uh, are seen to be, if they no longer pay uh, as reliably as they currently pay, right? Uh, then yields rise. Well, if yields rise on the 10-year treasury or yields rise, um, you know, on any of the, the different maturity treasuries, right, then what's going to happen? Well, then the yields on other bonds are going to rise, right? And you're going to see uh, this situation where debt becomes more expensive, right? It's at least in the United States. And anybody who's, you know, tied to the treasury bond at all, 
that you're going to see debt become more expensive. But you may also see uh, a flip back to demand for treasuries uh, and out of the stock market because the treasuries are offering more. But uh, there's this, again, the, the whole scare is that the treasuries won't be able to pay. So who knows exactly what uh, people are going to run to at that particular time. People may run to things like corporate bonds that may have increased yields because uh, you saw increased yields in the treasury bonds as well. Now, that in turn would also send other borrowing costs higher, like I just said, for uh, credit cards, car loans, mortgage rates, all these things, right? Because all these things are pegged to uh, either the Fed funds rate or the 10-year treasury or any other type uh, of treasury note as far as maturity goes. Now, at the very least, fear of default could rattle the stock market and send shockwaves through the economy. Okay, If you go back to a decade ago, there was an immediate sell-off in the financial markets. It hit investors hard and runs the risk of cascading financial crises. Right, So uh, in 2011, a debt limit standoff in Congress brought the country very close to a default before lawmakers finally struck a deal, but not without a downgrade of the country's credit rating and significant market volatility, Right, which is something that we could definitely see again. I don't know about another downgrade. I'll tell you this, if we default, we're definitely getting downgraded. Right, That's just a given. Uh, but the whole idea is that you know the uh, dollar is the reserve currency. Uh, the, everybody talks about the full faith and credit of the United States and our ability to pay our obligations, and we've always had that ability. And of course, you have that ability if you uh, have access to the printer of money, right? And you can just you know increase a debt ceiling, or you can increase the deficit, or um, you can just add a zero to the ledger in the Fed, right? So um, this can definitely happen where we can see a decrease in our credit rating, and then market volatility is likely to come with that because uh, a lot of companies, uh, and this is something a lot of people don't know, when you look at cash and cash equivalents on uh, a balance sheet, right? Uh, a lot of those cash and cash equivalents are held in treasury bonds, right? Or, or at least short-term treasury notes. Uh, now, those may get paid, uh, if the debt ceiling is not raised, but there's no guarantee that they will or won't, right? Now, something that is important to note is that back in 2011, between July and October, the S&P 500 sank more than 18%, right? So to say that we may see some negative market action is, you know, is an understatement, right? And that really brings us to like, you know, are there any real big positive catalysts for markets to go higher, Right. I, I don't know if there is. Right. Yeah, we have earnings coming around and earnings could be very good. Uh, but who's going to say that there's a bunch of positive guidance into the future, uh, given all of these things that are occurring? I, I don't know. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm not being a, a bear. I, I am a long term bull on the market. But in the short term, it's just very difficult uh, to know where the market's going. And it's very difficult to see any positive catalysts here in the short term. Now, this time with the debt ceiling, uh, lenders may start tightening their standards in advance to reduce their exposure or risk during a contentious battle uh, in Congress. Okay, uh, Just the uncertainty can impact borrowing terms and borrowing availability. And this is very true because uh, if there's uncertainty in uh, the U.S.'s ability to pay its obligations, then what's going to happen? Then there's going to be a lot of selling uh, of treasury bonds. People are going to try to get out from under that debt and try to get any money that they can for it now. Okay, so they would sell those treasury bonds. What happens when uh, treasury bonds get sold? You'll see the price decline and the yields rise like we were talking about earlier, right? Uh, so that we'll see uh, the increase in the cost of borrowing. And uh, anytime there's an increase in the cost of borrowing and then the U.S. is not necessarily there to, to back everybody and back the banks and all that type of uh, thing, borrowing becomes more difficult. The availability of borrowing uh, becomes much less. Now, I may, if I was somebody that was looking to take out like a home loan or something, look at the terms now, 
right? Uh, there could be a frenzy that goes on uh, in the last you know days as we're leading up to this particular vote. So if you're needing uh, to take something like that out, now may be the time. Uh, now, we know from previous debt limit impasses that waiting until the last minute can cause serious harm to business and consumer confidence, raise borrowing costs for taxpayers, raise borrowing costs for taxpayers and negatively impact the credit rating of the United States for years to come. And that's what Janet Yellen said, right? Uh, now, how does it raise borrowing costs for taxpayers? Well, ultimately, any debt that the United States takes out, uh, where do they get their revenues from? The revenues only come from taxpayers, okay? So as they increase the debt, right, and increase the cost of their debt, so as borrowing costs are higher, it increases the cost of debt. Well, who incurs the cost? Well, the little guy, right? Who incurs the cost? Uh, the taxpayer incurs the cost, which can ultimately lead to uh, higher taxes or uh, higher borrowing costs across the board, okay? Now, Congress and the White House have changed the debt ceiling almost 100 times since the end of World War II, according to a Committee for uh, Responsible Federal Budget. In the 1980s, the debt ceiling increased to nearly $3 trillion from less than $1 trillion. During the 1990s, it doubled to nearly $6 trillion and doubled again in the 2000s to over $12 trillion. In 2019, uh, Congress voted to suspend the debt limit until July 31st of 2021. Now the Treasury is using temporary emergency measures to buy more time uh, so the government can keep paying its obligations to bondholders, uh, veterans, and Social Security recipients. So we've already hit uh, the timeline on this, uh, but we're using these emergency measures that are likely to run out uh, around October 18th. Now, um, Janet Yellen says they estimate that Treasury is likely to exhaust its extraordinary measures if Congress has not acted to raise or suspend the debt limit by October 18th. At that point, we expect Treasury uh, would be left with very limited resources uh, that would be depleted quickly. Okay, so um, that's kind of the consequences, the consequences to the country, the consequences that uh, could occur uh, for us, though are obviously those higher borrowing costs, right? If you're trying to uh, take out a home loan or whatever, higher borrowing, borrowing costs could occur. Uh, higher taxes could come on the back end of this because, uh, again, the higher cost of debt associated with um, this default situation. Uh, you could also see big drops in the stock market like we were talking about, right? Um, and is this something to really worry about, though? Is this something that we think, um, you know, should be, on the top of our mind? Should we be paying more attention to this than we should uh, even the reconciliation bill and the um, you know infrastructure package? I, I don't know. Right? I don't know if we should or shouldn't. Right? Ultimately, uh, I think that everyone in Congress understands that if they got to this point, right, if they got to this point where uh, they didn't pass uh, an extension to the debt ceiling, they didn't increase the debt ceiling, uh, then there could be some long-term ramifications of that. Uh, so I think ultimately they'll probably get around to uh, extending the debt ceiling, you know, coming to some agreement in that way. Uh, but why is this the case? Why are we even coming to this point? Right. Ultimately, it's just, you know, you have uh, Congress, which Democrats and Republicans that cannot agree uh, on what's going on. They, the Republicans, ultimately, the reason that they're standing in the way of this uh, is because they're going, hey, if you can just tell me what you're going to spend money on and how it's going to be paid for, how you're going to pay for it, then we'll extend the debt ceiling. OK, but 
the Republicans are drawing a hard line. They're saying we're not just going to extend the debt ceiling so you know a majority in Congress of Democrats can just go through and pass anything that they want to pass and then ultimately just pay for it with the increase in the debt ceiling. That's not what Republicans want. Republicans want to know how things are going to be paid for. They want to know uh, you know where the money is actually going to be going uh, before the debt ceiling is increased. And again, you just think about this from a personal finance point of view, and you just think like, how in the world would this work with an individual, right? How in the world uh, would an individual get away with just taking out, you know, unlimited amounts of debt, unlimited amounts of debt, uh, and, you know, making just minimum payments, making just the interest payments on that debt, and then asking to take out more and more and more and still maintaining a very high and credit worthy credit rating, right? Uh, so it, it's all very strange. It's very strange if, uh, you know, you think about this from a personal finance point of view, but, uh, ultimately, when it comes to our ability to pay our debts, uh, you know, I think we will take care of it. I think we will um, ultimately do what's best. And I think what's best, at least in the short term, would be to increase the debt ceiling, would be to increase this limit. Uh, but over the long term, I mean, we've got to get this taken care of. This is a, a huge amount of debt that we have outstanding right now. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to pull it up. I'm not sure, but I think uh, the U.S. national debt right now is close to $29 trillion. Yeah, $28.842 trillion, right? So that is uh, $86,669 per citizen, but it's $228,999 per taxpayer, Right, and then our federal budget deficit is right around three trillion, uh, because our federal spending uh, is about six point eight seven trillion dollars. Okay, so uh, huge numbers, and I know it's hard to wrap your mind around some of these big numbers—the trillions, the trillions, the trillions—but um, ultimately, it's you know, it's the amount of money we're we're dealing with here. And you may be thinking, oh, what's the difference between you know they're talking about these these uh, reconciliation packages and infrastructure? What's the difference between six trillion and three and a half trillion? Or what's the difference between uh, one and a half trillion and three and a half trillion? Or what? I mean, those are still some pretty substantial differences, right? And as you're going to just keep adding on to the debt, you are just um, you're borrowing from your future. Again, uh, the, you look at this from a personal finance point of view. If you are taking out debt today to purchase things today, uh, then you are borrowing from your future. You're taking away uh, the opportunity in the future, and you're making you know costs for yourself in the future. You're taking away your future cash flow. You're straining your future cash flow. Um, and the only way that this can really get fixed is decreases in spending, uh, increases in taxation, um, and I don't know if anybody wants either of those things to happen. Yes, the Democrats do want increased taxation, but they want to say that that taxation is not going to fall down to uh, the individual, the, you know, the middle class individual, which um, there's really no way that, that that doesn't occur, first of all. And then, uh, you know, the decrease in spending, I don't see that occurring anytime soon. Everybody wants to get into office and uh, spend money as quickly as they can and, you know, pass all these big bills that are going to cost all this money and it's going to be great and we're going to pass these packages. And, all. and I understand that for political reasons. Reasons, right, but when it comes to the uh, financial security, the financial health of the United States, it's not good. Right, it's not good that we're currently spending so much money that we do not have. Right, and then ultimately people would say, "Oh, well, we can just keep printing it." Well, yeah, I guess. Right, but what happens when uh, you know we're at a point where we have to take out so much debt that we can't even service it? Right, what happens when we have to tax people so much in order to service the debt that you're taxing people into poverty? You're taxing people into not being able to pay their own bills. I, I, I don't know. I, it, there's is never 
personally or uh, when it comes to uh, a country, there's just never a good end uh, to large amounts of debt. There never is, right? So um, it's worrisome. It's uh, kind of sad that we're in this position. Um, and it's sad that we can't come to just easy agreements as to, hey, let's raise this debt ceiling. But we also have to remember, because there are people, including Janet Yellen, who uh, is well-respected, obviously was the Fed chair and is now uh, the Treasury Secretary, who's talking about, hey, why don't we just you know, get rid of the debt ceiling? Why do we even need a debt ceiling? There's no reason. You know, It would be a lot easier if we just didn't have one. Well, like I said earlier, if there is no debt ceiling, uh, then there's no accountability. There's no accountability for Congress in the way that they spend. They can just spend and spend and spend and spend. And trust me, they would, Democrat or Republican, they would figure out how to just spend and spend and spend and spend and spend. And that can be problematic, right? There need to be some agreements made. There need to be agreements. Therefore, uh, you can know how much money is going to be spent, how much money is planned to be spent. And you can hold a party accountable, an individual, a president, an administration accountable uh, for what they did. If there was unlimited ability to take out debt, I promise you uh, that Congress would find unlimited ways to take out debt and spend money. Uh, because you got to think, people in Congress, these, you know, I'm not saying there aren't smart individuals and there aren't individuals who uh, have a lot of understanding of these concepts, right? Uh, but there are a lot of individuals in Congress that are not the sharpest tools in the shit. They don't have economics PhDs. They don't have finance PhDs. They don't have um, great understandings of the economy as a whole, right? And the reason that I know this is that uh, there's so many of them, right? Uh, they are elected not by their merits, but by their ability to run uh, and win a popularity contest, right? Um, and ultimately, have you heard them ask questions to, to people uh, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg? They ask people questions about Facebook and they don't even understand Facebook, right? They don't even understand some of the basic tenets of what's going on. You can't tell me that that's not also the case with a lot of uh, financial things, but uh, what they end up doing is they follow some party line of some individuals who seem to have understanding uh, and just go right along with that. So you can't tell me that there's um, you know such mastery and understanding of what's going on in the federal government that they actually, uh, or not the federal government as a whole, but uh, of these you know senators and of these uh, Congress people that. Um, you know, they're going to make the perfect decision based on logic because none of this seems logical. It doesn't seem logical to have almost $29 trillion in debt. Um, and it's not going to seem logical if, uh, you know, we get to a point where we can't raise this debt ceiling. We can't uh, make our payments. We're not, uh, you know, the United States that we once were with the full faith and credit of the United States and, and our debt and our uh, willingness to pay, our ability to pay. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, there, there could be some dire circumstances, absolutely, uh, but we don't need to change our lives, right? We need to continue in our way of, you know, not taking out debt, right? Which you see why that's so important because we might be seeing borrowing costs rise uh, if you know there's some uncertainty going on here. Uh, so we need to make sure that we stay out of debt, that we have savings, right? That we have the ability to cover the things that we need. Uh, you see the importance of when you get older actually having money set aside because if you're reliant on social security and ultimately the the government doesn't raise the debt ceiling then you don't get your social security payment so you can't live and you can't pay your bills and you can't do the things that you need to do right this speaks to the importance of having retirement savings and being able to live on that and social security just being something extra that comes if it comes 
right? Um, and Medicare being, uh, yeah, it may be your primary insurance, but having the money, if something happens to you that you can pay for it without uh, Medicare, right? It's so important to have a good nest egg uh, and take your retirement into your own hands because situations like this are not within your control, right? I tell you guys all the time, control what you can control. And ultimately, and ultimately we can't control the federal government. Ultimately, we can't control uh, you know, the decisions that they make about the debt ceiling. Ultimately, we can't control uh, Social Security. We can't control Medicare, right? But we can control the saving and investing that we do, right? We can control uh, our decisions about our investing, right? Um, our decision to invest through all different types of, uh, you know, issues, invest through all different types of, um, you know, things that go on in the markets, right? This could turn out for, you know, the active investor to be uh, a very good buying opportunity. Yeah, it, it may absolutely suck for all the uh, ramifications associated, right? But if we see some big drops in the stock market, like I said, in 2011, the stock market uh, fell a total of 18%, right? If there's an 18% drop in the stock market, you talk about a buying opportunity, find some things to buy and buy them. If you want to just buy the market, buy the market. I'm fine with that too. And I'll probably do some of that as well. Right. Uh, but should we hope that this happens? Of course not. Right. Of course, there's too many dire circumstances for this to be something that we want. OK, but if it does occur, be willing to make the right decisions. Be ready to make the right decisions. Don't um, you know, be so reliant on the government. Have some preparedness uh, in this type of situation and uh, we'll see what happens. Who knows? Who knows if they'll uh, pass to increase the ceiling or not? I would say it's almost assuredly they will, uh, but nobody's saying that it won't come down to the final hour before they actually get it done because you know that Congress has a flair for the dramatic, okay? So um, ultimately, that's what we have going on with the debt ceiling. That's what I think about it. Um, it's a big mess. It's a, it's a big uh, thing that you know people should talk about. It's, it's useful to talk about it, something that is coming down the line, um, but to, to say that um, it wouldn't uh, get extended, it wouldn't get increased. Um, I don't know who's actually going to take the fall there, right? Would Republicans be willing to take the fall? Would they be willing uh, to, you know, let the government default on their bills and it be their fault? I don't think so, right? I don't think it would be, um, you know, in their best interest to do so. So don't worry, don't stress, right? But if we get some volatility from this, uh, you may find some investing opportunities, but get your financial house cleaned up and you'll be far better off for it over the long term and won't have to rely on the government's ability to increase the debt ceiling as you get older and as um, different government plans are still in place like Social Security and Medicare. But hopefully this helps you to understand uh, what the debt ceiling is and exactly what you're hearing on the news every day. And it's not just um, you know white noise and you actually uh, have a bit of knowledge about this particular thing. That's what I'm trying to do every day, provide some knowledge to you uh, and hopefully you can turn that knowledge into action in your own financial life. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.